Welcome to the Wake Park Church Weekly Conversations Podcast. This podcast is a ministry of Wake Park Church in Northeast Minneapolis. We do everything we do because we believe life with Jesus is better. We meet for worship on Sundays at 10 a.m. and other groups and ministries on various days of the week. You can learn more by going to waitparkchurch.org. If you have feedback, questions, or ideas for future episodes, get in touch with us by emailing podcast at waitparkchurch.org. And now, on with today's episode. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the Wait Park Church Conversations podcast. My name is Abby. I'm here with you this morning with Holly. Um, Corey is out of town today and he left us with the microphone. So we're in charge of whatever happens this week and we're just going to have some fun with it. So we are actually going to be extending our conversation from the Sunday morning sermon. We're in a series right now called Learning to Love. And we spent some time in 1 Corinthians 13 this past Sunday. And Holly and I are going to talk a little further about that, explore some more things that stood out to us from the passage. So Holly, why don't you, um, for those of us who haven't been part of the Sunday morning service or maybe missed um, the YouTube live, Facebook live podcast episode of the sermon, any of those things, just give us a summary of where we went on Sunday morning in the sermon and um, read the passage as well. That'd be great. So on Sunday, we talked about um, learning how to love and really kind of the main thing that he focused on is growing in love and how the, the importance of growing in love for other people and what that looks like. And, and so he just kind of unpacked um, 1 Corinthians 13 and what that looks like. And in the midst of this passage, there's just a few verses that just describe the attributes of love. And so yeah. it's just so good. And he kind of walked through a few of them and we're going to unpack a few more of those on um, this morning, but I'll kind of dive into 1 Corinthians 13 and read four um, through seven. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. The first few words of eight is love never fails. And so I just... I just love that picture of what love is and how that um, looks. And part of what we wanted to unpack within these attributes and is making is, is looking at some of these attributes. And the one that kind of just really jumped out at me was love is not self-seeking. Mm-hmm. And just that idea of, I, I think in our culture, it's so, indivi- we're so individualistic and looking at, okay, so how you know, like in business and in um, workplaces, it's all about getting ahead. And what does that look like? And so just so kind of being able to unpack some of that and step back and realize that's not really what we're called to do as Christians. And that's Mm -hmm. not what it looks like. And um, verse uh, Philippians two, three really talks about this, about not doing anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but doing things in humility and valuing others above yourselves, Mm -hmm. not looking to your own interests, but looking to the interests of those around you. And so I just love that that picture of of being aware of the people around you and, and what's going on and, and how they're doing and, and what's going on in other people's lives. And then and then responding to that. It's it's 
I, I just think that if we as Christians can kind of step back and have that perspective that our response and what that looks like to the world around us will look very different. Yeah. So I hear you and I don't disagree, but Mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about what are some of the things that you think around? Like there is still value to personal boundaries Yes, and making sure that you're taking care of yourself. That is important. I think Mm -hmm. it's, it's probably more um, attention to be managed than a problem to solve. But tell us a little bit more about what you've been thinking about that and talking about with your small group. Yeah. So in our small group, that was, this came up, um, last night. And so I think it's just a really interesting, um, balance of, you know, loving people because again, I have multiple times in my life have overgiven mm-hmm. and then I've had to step back and, and not, not given. And it looks, that can look like, um, you know, self-seeking, you mm-hmm. know, in some respects. And so there is absolutely a balance to what that looks like. And I think when I look at this Galatians six, I think is my favorite passage in kind of unpacking this a little bit more. Um, I'll read one through, um, verse five to kind of help give us a little bit of context. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, who, You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens. In this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks you are... They are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions and then they take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else for each of you should carry their own load. So what I like about this passage is it's clear that we are to carry one another's burdens, Mm -hmm. but in verse four and five, it also says that we're, we're responsible for testing our own actions Mm -hmm. and to carry our own load. So I think that that helps to paint that there are seasons where all of us need help and support and need people around us to help carry those burdens, but it can't be the habit and kind of a lifestyle of having other people carry our burdens that we are also responsible for our own load and being able to manage and carry that, um, as well. So I like that picture of it's both. Yeah. And I think the thing that comes to mind for me too is um, when it says carrying one another's burdens or carrying our own load, like where are we carrying it to? Mm -hmm. You know, when we carry one another's burdens, that's not necessarily saying that like I'm shouldering this for the rest of my life, Yeah. but it could be coming alongside someone and maybe it is actually carrying that load with them Mm -hmm. for, you know, a few days or weeks. Right. But I think the better picture is probably we're carrying that burden to Jesus. Yes. Like borrowing someone else's faith and borrowing someone else's mm-hmm. um, trust and hope in Jesus. I think especially mm-hmm. when we're feeling really burdened, it can be easy to, we, we can sometimes get so lost in that chaos and in that flood that we really do need other people to carry burdens for us and with us. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, I think there's different times and seasons where we've had I've had to do that for people is to really come alongside them and and carry burdens but also not enabling you know Mm, and and so I feel like that's been the picture that I've kind of really tried to to balance because there are people have legitimate needs and they need help Mm -hmm. but not letting that become a crutch for them and and but how to do that 
requires grace and patience and again, love. I mean, to help them know what's right in in those moments. And so I think what kind of some principles in thinking through some of those situations and those instances and when I've walked through with people um, in those situations is just really believing the best in people mm-hmm. and kind of trusting that, that they're really trying and, and again, stepping back and kind of walking with them and, and helping them in those moments, but also being aware of different patterns that you yeah. see and different things that are occurring um, within their lives Again, because if there are patterns or things enabling kind of, you can help enable, enable those patterns to continue. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. not helpful or, or loving. And no. so kind of being able to have, you know, speaking truth and love, which Corey had mentioned um, in the sermon, Ephesians 4, of speaking truth and love. And, and really, I think... I don't know that we always do that well. And so he, I love that he really unpacked, you know, the problems that people have with truth and, and, yeah. you know, that we're afraid to speak it and, um, and kind of some of those pieces, but that, that really is core to really being able to love people. Well, is being mm-hmm. able to say sometimes the hard things and, um, but again, saying it from a place of love and yeah. wanting the best for them and, and I think even in having some of those hard conversations, how I've been able to work through them and still have the relationship is showing love in little ways before and after, you know, throughout the relationship. And so they're able to see the full context of the relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's not just I'm telling them a hard thing, you know, and so um, I think that helps to kind of be able to have those hard conversations um, when people really need them and them knowing that it is really from a heart of, of love. Yeah, I think you touched on a, re- a couple of really important things in there. Um, and the first is that we can't rely on our own definition of love or even right. w- our own interpretation of what this passage means. You know, we really do need to lean into God and let God be the one who sets the standard of what love is and what patience looks like and what kindness looks like and Mm -hmm. what, you know, on down this list, because there are sometimes, I think in our world, it's pretty common for people to talk about love being this high value and we love everybody and love wins and all of these things, but we're not taking the time to really understand God's definition of love. And so taking time to lean into, okay, God, what is your definition of love? Not the world's definition or mine, but what's yours. And we learn that through relationship. Mm -hmm. And so what you're talking about in terms of being in relationship with other people and showing love in that context, it's really taking the understanding of love from God that we learn through relationship. And then we're mirroring that to people around us through relationship, expressing love Mm -hmm. for people who are out there that are wondering about, um, how to do this in some messy situations, maybe with, um, I don't know. There's just a whole lot of different contexts that you could be thinking about this in. Um, there's a great book called when helping hurts that we'll link in the show notes that you can read through. There's good principles in there, um, of people who have spent, many years discerning, because that's Mm -hmm. another thing that I heard in what you were saying, Holly, Mm -hmm. this need for discernment, because what, what love looks like and expressing love for someone in one context might not actually be love in a different context with a different person. Right. So there's so much need Mm -hmm. for that discernment. Right. 
and, and seeking God and letting him lead and guide you and, and having godly counsel to like kind of help you yes. pray through, you know, that relationship in that, in those conversations, but also in, in the discernment process. Yeah. So, yeah, so great. true. So, um, that was one of the love attributes that stood out to Holly. I have a, a different, a little more lighthearted one. I was doing some word study on this passage and, um, when it talks about love not being easily angered, mm-hmm. um, that root word gets to this idea of irritating or provoke to arouse anger, to exasperate. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking how easy it is to get irritated. Like the fact that that's yes. one of the core meanings that like love yes. is not easily <laughs> irritated. Ooh, that one sticks. So mm-hmm. Holly, what are some of your pet peeves? Well, I feel like when you, you mentioned that, I'm like, I am pretty irritated with a lot of Facebook right now, you know, and just yes. things, comments on Facebook. And so, like, I'm having to, to tailor my um, being on Facebook because I'm getting easily angered by things that I'm seeing there. And so, um, yeah, I just, yeah, that is definitely the first thing that comes to my mind at this moment is is having patience with people and different perspectives. And again, I'm fine with people having different perspective. It's how those perspectives are coming across and how they're being presented Mm -hmm. that is (laughs) very irritating to me at the moment. So I think I would definitely agree with that. I think a, a more consistent pet peeve of mine, I have a few, but one of them is like, walking on the kitchen floor and having things stick to my feet like crumbs or Mm -hmm. something oh I hate that so much or like when you put a hand on the counter and it like it sticks to something like what is left over like I just (laughs) it drives my husband nuts that like every time when we're cleaning up after dinner like he thinks that we're home free I'm like "Mm, could you sweep the floor he actually got (laughs) one of those um vacuum robot things oh, for nice. me for my birthday I think it was or anniversary something like that so mm-hmm. that he could just turn the robot on instead of having <laughs> to pull the broom out one more time but it's just I can't uh, yeah. on the wrong day mm-hmm. when I have felt very emotionally zapped by other things mm-hmm. it's so easy for like little pet peeves mm-hmm. to yes. set us off and get easily irritated easily yes. angered and I think it's worth just taking a step back in those moments and acknowledging when we feel that, like I'm feeling irritated and it's just because I'm trying not to be easily irritated doesn't mean that the kitchen floor doesn't need to be swept. Right. It does. Yes. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) there is a way, a loving way to go about that and an understanding that like no one maliciously put all of these crumbs on my kitchen floor. I, in Mm -hmm. fact, am responsible for some of the crumbs on the kitchen floor. So just... Another thing for us to be walking through this mm-hmm. week and thinking about where am I easily irritated and how can I respond in love instead? Right. And even just taking a deep breath. I mean, I think, <laughs> you know, yes. like just like not letting the first thing that comes to your mind um, flow out of your mouth. And just, again, taking oh, a deep I breath. Say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> Take a deep breath before you say the first thing that comes to your mind. Right. Yes. And, you know, because, again, as that that plays out, then, again, it just becomes so much more messy. And just realizing that that there are ways to have some of those hard conversations and have disagreements and have different perspectives, but do it in a way that is kind mm-hmm. and loving. And, and, again, realizing how we can 
encourage or incite some of that through our own words, you know, yeah. like it, you know, and so just being aware of, again, even when dealing with people who are walking through hard things, it's, it's stepping back and, and choosing to have that heart of love in the midst of entering into that conversation yeah. and, um, knowing that, that that matters. And again, that's the question he's like, are we growing in love? Like in those moments? Cause we all get irritated. We all yes. get frustrated. We all get angry mm-hmm. and acknowledging that and, and realizing that that that's life that happens to all of us and then mm-hmm. choosing a different way to respond. Yeah. When we had connected families here a couple of months ago doing a seminar for our parents, mm-hmm. um, Chad, the facilitator, he was talking about this one mom, like she was trying to figure out in those moments where she was feeling easily irritated mm-hmm. and easily angered, how could she slow herself down to stop her, stop an outburst mm-hmm. on her own part? And she just decided that whenever she felt like she was going to spill over in anger, that she would just take a moment go put some lotion on her hands and take the 10 seconds to rub that lotion into her hands. And then she would respond. Mm -hmm. And it actually became a funny thing in their family. Like the kids knew whenever mom was going for lotion that like Mm -hmm. she was holding something in. So like they had these cute little drawings that they had drawn of their mom with like the words lotion. (laughs) But it was such a great visual of like, yeah, sometimes we do just need to take a few seconds to compose ourselves. Yes. Not let that come out of our mouths. Right. In love. Right. And I and I love lotion too, so that would be a good response right. for me too. Especially in the cold. Yes, yeah. exactly. Was there another attribute that stood out to you, Holly? Well, so just the the last verse where it talks about always protecting, always trusting, always hoping, and always persevering. Mm. Um, another way this is translated is bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And I just love that picture of it just is this like strength in numbers and strength in, um, in all these attributes. And you know, seeing what that looks like. Another word that comes to mind is fortitude, kind of mm-hmm. just, just this strength and this courage around that. And the verse um, that came to mind is Zephaniah 3, 9, where it talks on, about us calling on the name of the Lord and serving him shoulder to shoulder. And I just mm-hmm. love that imagery of the body of Christ coming together shoulder to shoulder to kind of be this example or this wall or even like a um, people facing in a circle facing outward and letting that Mm. kind of be um, an interesting picture of us coming together as a body but like yet being that love to to those around us but but being shoulder to shoulder so I just love that imagery of of how that looks and and kind of doing that together as the body of Christ Yeah. So you talk about being shoulder to shoulder and facing out Mm -hmm. in a different season of ministry for me. I actually had a pretty clear picture from God at one point as um, ministry leaders that I was gathering with, like we would stand in a circle for prayer, kind of facing inward. Mm -hmm. And the picture that I was getting in that season was that like we were kind of it was like this wall shoulder to shoulder where we were protecting Mm -hmm. this like this new baby plant that was just starting to grow. And it's like another 
it's another way to look at that, even in terms of like love always protects. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes we are facing outward and sometimes we're standing shoulder to shoulder together, Mm -hmm. facing inward, protecting something Mm -hmm. that God is doing, or maybe a person who's vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's so much about those, especially those last four words that to me Mm -hmm. just feel like turning the diamond just a little bit. Like there, mm-hmm. it's not a completely different diamond. It's just a different right. refraction of light through mm-hmm. it. Another mm-hmm. aspect of love that's all connected. Like all of those ones, all of them seem very interconnected and woven right. together. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that, you know, they're, they're choices, you know, because yeah. again, we're not naturally always going to trust. We're not naturally always going to protect or always hope. Mm. So it's a choice, you know, and I think that that's kind of like coming together and it's like, these are what we get to choose Mm -hmm. to respond in those situations. And, you know, even Coria talked about like kindness and how there's strength in that. And I think of also the fruit, like gentleness, I think our culture and the world looks at them as very, you know, soft or weak, but really when you're living them out, as the word entails and as God um, would has designed us to live in kindness and gentleness, there's a lot of strength and courage that takes to do that well. And I, I see that in the, these words as the same picture of choosing to protect and choosing to trust, yeah. choosing to hope and choosing to persevere and doing the, the harder thing is, is often choosing these, these attributes and living out in trust and in hope rather than choosing the easier option to like get discouraged or, um, to sit in fear or to, to let the words flow that, that are most natural or that come first, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's finding different ways to see, okay, this is, this is my natural response. Okay. But how do I really want to respond? Yeah. Um, to build, you know, the culture and, and build into that relationship into the, into that person, the way that I feel like God would ask. Yeah. That actually connects in with um, one of the points that I that stood out to me as I was, again, doing some word study through here. Um, the very first attribute that's listed, love is patient. And the very last one, love always perseveres. Both of those root words have a connection to bravery. Mm. Like part of the definition of love being patient is to persevere bravely, to not lose heart. And at the end, always perseveres. There's part of the um, part of the definition is to bear something bravely. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was really interesting that this whole list is kind of bookended with bravery and the fact mm-hmm. that, like we what you were just saying, that this is not easy. No, this is a choice that you have to make, and it's a hard choice. And sometimes that does involve bravery. Yes, and like the. Just how deep and rich the experience of love can be when bravery is part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, back yeah. in a couple of years ago, back in 2017, um, I experienced this kind of love of love being brave and defiantly enduring in the face of circumstances. Because we just, Andrew and I had a slew of things that came at us that just, it was hard and it was terrible in the midst of it. Um, and you know, afterwards we had met with a couple of different counselors and all of them were like, wow, like you guys are still married. Like, that's really cool. (laughs) Like, oh, like I, it felt bad, but now that you say that, like, I guess it really was as bad, maybe a little worse Mm -hmm. than I thought that it was, but just especially for a couple of months there, like we, every day we're looking at each other and saying like, I 
I choose you Mm -hmm. in the midst of all of this crazy, like no matter Mm -hmm. what is going on, I choose Mm -hmm. you. And that kind of brave, defiantly enduring love Mm -hmm. makes an impact on us. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't have to just be a spouse kind of brave love that you can experience. Mm -hmm. I think we can see that in friendships. We can see that in family relationships. We can see that um, in our small groups. I mean, there's so many different ways in which you can see that. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if there is there an experience that you can think of where you've experienced that kind of brave, defiantly enduring Mm -hmm. love. I know I'm putting you on the spot with that. So if you don't have an example, that's fine. I'm just... Well, I I would say it's my family. So I feel like Hmm. we... um, My brother had a season where he was um, being very rebellious. And um, it, it took a lot of strength and a lot of prayer um, to just, to love him through that, Um, Mm. you know, and my mom led the charge in that, but like needed support. Like, so all of us kind of came around and she was that primary person to kind of continuing to speak love in, um, into his life. And, um, but there was a long season that he was very, very rebellious. And so, um, yeah. And so just the weight that that it carries, you know, on your family, um, on yourself. And so like just being able to, to stick with him and know that we love him no matter what he does or, um, the direction that his life goes. And, um, and he was able to kind of pull out of that rebellious season. Mm -hmm. Um, and so now it's just grateful that, um, yeah, grateful for, kind of more the peaceful relationships that we yeah. haven't always had um, within our um, family. So that, again, that's been the kind of the primary one yeah. for us. But Well, and what that means to your brother, too, to mm-hmm. come out on the other side and know that, like, no matter how far I ran away, no matter mm-hmm. how rebellious I was, mm-hmm. there was someone that was bravely loving mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. with a defiant endurance mm-hmm. of everything that I was doing. Mm -hmm. Like that's so deeply meaningful to see that and experience it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, it connects back to, to some of what we were saying earlier about like, this is something that we experience in the context of our relationships, Mm -hmm. but it's something that we first experience in our relationship with God. Yeah. Um, Habakkuk 319 Mm -hmm. has been really meaningful in my life for a number of reasons. Um, but I love in the amplified version, this is how, this is how it reads. It says the Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hinds feet and will make me to walk, not stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places of suffering, trouble, or responsibility. Mm, That's good. Right? I mean, the amplified version, like it kind of pulls out all of the possible Mm -hmm. meanings and it it, it expands, um, it expands the verses. So if you read that Mm -hmm. in a different translation, it'll look very different. But that that phrase has always Mm -hmm. stood out to me ever since I first heard it. The Lord, my God, is my strength, my personal bravery, Mm -hmm. and my invincible army. And even though that verse isn't talking specifically about love, like that's love in action. Right. That that bravery is love in action, Mm -hmm. making you to walk, not stand still in terror, but to walk and to actually make progress through those terrible things in life. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that is defiantly enduring love. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
it's just, it's so cool when I start to think about that, like that, that is the kind of love that the God of the universe has for us. Yes. And when we've experienced that, how could we not give that away to other people? Right. To have them, that, to have them experience that. Mm -hmm. And I think it changes us, you know, like when we really understand how much God loves us, I think it changes us and, Mm -hmm. and even inspires us to then want to do that for another person. I think that I look at some of the things that, that people have loved me through and helped walk with me through. And that inspires me to like, want to help other people in that situation and, and walk with them in that and know Mm. that there is a God that loves. And, but unless they see somebody really walking out that love, they're never going to be able to understand or comprehend God's true love. And so I think that that's why this is so important um, for us, but for for the world around us, people yeah. need to see this love because it's otherwise they won't understand that it's beyond what we can comprehend and understand. Yeah, yeah your life is the first Bible some people will ever read. Yeah, yep. it's just it, it's we can't underestimate the impact of the lives that we live and mm-hmm. how we interact in right. relationship with other people because right. that matters and it makes a difference. Right. So like Corey was pointing out on Sunday, love is the only thing that lasts. It's yes. the only thing that's eternal. Like right. really sit, I, I encourage you, those of, those of you who are listening to really sit with that for a while and think mm-hmm. about there is so much that is not going to last. You yeah. know, when we're in heaven one day, we're not going to have any of the trappings of this world around us. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not really going to be a need to be patient Mm -hmm. because there's nothing to lose heart over. Like we are in perfection and glory. There's nothing, no one's going to be proud in heaven because we're going to be in the presence of God in his glory. Like that's not even a a question in our mind. There's so much that fades away. We aren't going to need to have faith. We're not going to need to have hope because we'll be seeing it in its fullness. But love, love is what's going to remain. Love is what's going to be the constant. And so Growing in love has to be our primary goal. Right. Yeah. And I love that just that it is eternal, you know, so the last verse in, in first Corinthians 13, it says, and now these remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And it's love because love is eternal. And so I just love that picture. And in um, the sermon on Sunday, Corey closed with the question, is growth in love, your primary goal. And so just want to encourage and challenge you, um, as you sit in love, like what, what does, what in having love as your primary goal, what does that look like? Like, Mm -hmm. what is something that you can do? What, how can you, um, sometimes it's just a small thing to start and then just letting God lead you and guide you. And, and again, Sometimes he put nudges, puts nudges on our hearts yeah. or different things and just responding to love and choosing these, some of these attributes that we've talked about in yeah. letting that lead and guide how we respond in certain situations. Yeah. So like Holly just said, we encourage you to take some time this week to reflect and pray and ask God, what is one step that you can take to grow in love this mm-hmm. week? It may be a little thing. It may be a big thing that he lays on your heart. Maybe you need to start putting some lotion on, not Mm -hmm. just because it's cold and dry outside, but because you need to take a deep breath (laughs) before you, you know, say the next thing that comes out of your mouth. Maybe there is, um, maybe there's a step again in guarding your mouth when it comes to not exaggerating or being boastful, whatever that step may be. Um, 
ask God, ask Mm -hmm. God what it is that he would have you take as your next step in growing toward love. So if you're able to, we'd love to have you join us on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for worship. You can join us in person or on Facebook Live or um, YouTube live stream so that you can continue experiencing this journey of us, of or this journey with us of learning how to love all the more. This has been a great conversation today. We hope you enjoyed it as well. If you have feedback, you can send that to podcast at waitparkchurch.org. And in the meantime, we will see you next week. Thanks for joining. You've been listening to the Wait Park Church Weekly Conversations Podcast, a ministry of Wait Park Church in Northeast Minneapolis. If you like what you've heard and you don't currently have a church community, we'd love for you to join us. If you have feedback, questions, or ideas for future episodes, get in touch with us by emailing podcast at waitparkchurch.org.